You are listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Fate of a Nation, Nam and Great World podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our pants as flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby meets adventures on Facebook and on the blog at breakthroughassault.co.uk and to shop online at battlefieldhobbies.co.uk because Hammy didn't let me win the limited edition Kachan kernel model and I'm really upset about it. If nice dice are your vice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, our podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England. I'm joined by my co-host Duncan No Undercoat Gosling. Uh, I've run dry, I've run dry. I don't know when Games Workshop's opening either. And Lee, ATGM on my jam, Parnell. <laughs> especially the wire-guided ones. <laughs> Welcome to episode 28, the one where even we're not sure what's going on anymore. Is, what day is it? Lee, what are we talking about tonight? Well, tonight we're doing our latest top five, which will be anti-tank weapons. Um, we'll then be doing loose links, loose lips sink ships, sorry. We'll go, go on to um, faces, faces, something, something, and then officers' questions to round up the evening. Nice. Nice. So... Top five. I managed to think of six anti-tank guided missiles. I'm very proud of myself. Oh, that's good. This... Rookie. <laughs> Are we doing the unique yeah. version? Are we doing the unique tally? Oh, yeah, we'll, do, we'll do our unique tally. There'll be no oh, 25 pounds for elegance from me tonight. So. <laughs> this is going to be like tankettes all over again for me, I'm afraid. Oh. You just got to go through the ones. You, you played Team Yankee enough. You know the missile systems in there. just... <laughs> Uh, do I? <laughs> okay. All right, Lee. Tell you chomping at your bit. What is your number five anti-tank guided missile? So I'm going with the Nord SS10 as my number number five because it's literally the first anti-tank guy weapon. Yeah, what the heck is that? <laughs> so it was a French um, wire guided missile. It's um, manual wire guided, so you have to fly it like you, know, you have to fly it by a joystick. No, it's fancy semi-automatic stuff. Um, and the French put on helicopters. They used it in Indochina, and then the British used it in the Falklands, two off the Gazelles and the Wessex oh. helicopters. I think they shot a, a, a Corvette or something with it. But it's very much the it early not... missile, and um, not a Team Yankee yet. But I imagine when the likes of Checkpoint Charlie comes along, it, it might appear then. Oh, interesting. I, mean, I think the Israelis even used it during the Six Day War, but it doesn't appear in the actual um, game. I, mean, I don't think it ever had much success with it. Dunk, have you yes. got the Nord, whatever the <laughs> on your um, list? No, surprisingly, no, I have not. Yeah, it was on the tip of my tongue. I nearly put it in, but I didn't know it existed I, up until 30 seconds ago. I was going to say, was exactly the same. <laughs> Every day's a school day. <laughs> right, a point to Lee. Duncan, what is your number five anti-tank guided missile? Well, I'm going to go with the old faithful, the Sega. I love a Sega. Sega, ooh, Sega. Ah. They're just useful. Um, they're very actually favour nationy. Very useful. Um, yeah, they've they've served me well. Even on a bump one, it's been handy. Is that because they come in a handy holiday suitcase-sized package? I believe so, yes. Yes. Again, I think they're wire guided, aren't they? You have a little yeah, man they, with a remote control. Yeah. 
there was certainly in the in the Six Day War and uh, sorry, in the um, Yom Kippur era they are, let's say, completely manly guided. So you have to fly them all the way. I would yep. love to know what the most outrageous real sto- real life story of people messing around with anti tank guided missiles is. Me- messing around. Sorry, messing around. <laughs> like, like, I don't think the things you mess around there, with. We took it up to the range and we flew a full 360 circle with it. <laughs> I don't know how, how much is an anti tank. How much is one? Like, you know. Well, when we, I don't when even we know. Get, when we get later in their um, thing, so well, I mean, the prices these days were like back in those days, like tens of thousands. But you know, that's before yeah. like you factor inflation. It's like cost most. In fact, I believe the missiles they were going to put, there were missiles they used on the upgraded T-55s, cost as much as half the T-55, which is why none of the Soviets ever bothered with them. Okay. Just buy more tanks, guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's not the sort of thing you can casually uh, fire off a few rounds and see if uh, yeah, see if you can make it. Yeah, they work. Example. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not a hell Mary shot, unless you're really desperate, of course. How did they train people on that? Sorry, go on a oh, yeah, 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 training round versions, which basically don't have okay. warhead and they're a bit cheaper. Uh, basically, because because <laughs> these missiles have a life, what you do is as missiles reach end of life, you use them up in live fire exercises and like. So you got a sell by date on a on a missile? Yeah, of course yeah. they have. Really? That's, bef- that's yeah. before. What they won't tell is if you keep them in the fridge, they last longer. I was going <laughs> to say, what happens if yeah more. freezer? I think that way it's called the Cold War. <laughs> Chest freezers <laughs> full of saggers. They're yeah. still good. They're still good. Panic, exactly, panic buying. It says it's yeah. best before 1971. Oh, that's straight, just suggested. the rust off. It'll taste the same. Yeah. That's, my Brexit, that's my Brexit hoarding strategy. <laughs> French anti-tank guy weapons. Yeah. Before, the, no, before it all closes down. So. That and tin tomatoes. So, unfortunately, my number number five is the 9M14 Malutka. Bless you. What's yeah. that? The that, that's a oh. <laughs> So, nil point for you. Oh. Lee, number four. So, number four, it's a fairly obvious one. I'm going to go to obscure this one. It's a tow missile. I've got that. Yeah, I, I know what a tow missile is. See, I, I could have done a whole thing and add all five unique but obscure missiles. I thought that would be very fair. So I'm trying to be a strict, what will I actually have in my top five? And that's the tow missile would be there because it is the Western heavy anti-tank guy weapon. So, you know, you put it on a Humvee, you put it on a helicopter. Yeah. I mean, the US, Marine, the US Marine Corps never really wanted to move away from the tow to the Hellfire because they preferred it. Um, the way it could be used by... Um, you always knew where tow was going because it's following the crosshairs. Was the Hellfires were expensive, not in the early days, not particularly great on anti ship on the ship um, carriage. And you never, you know, you're only trusting a laser is pointing where you want it to go, whereas on the site, you're pointing the site directly at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so tow all the way. Plus, you get all the funky like tow 2Bs which start firing downwards to get past era and that kind of thing. But even um, a laser guy version, not. No, not laser. Wireless toes is what they have these days. It does it by radio. Oh, be careful about that. So it's a top. Yeah. So it are they using top, a, surely. No toe. Are they using a VPN or anything like that? Because you know. Hack <laughs> missile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes an immediate left U-turn to local library. <laughs> 
That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Just scanning on your uh, on your phone for available networks. <laughs> Toe missile. Toe missile. Better. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, I had the toe as number four as well. I had it at number three. Ooh. Ooh. So what is your mm. number four? My number four, and it only came to me when before when we were talking, it's the spike missile. So the Israeli one off the Perea? Perea. Oh, I nearly went for one of those. Because that's the one that, like you said, does do the whole up and down firing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it, 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 you, lob up, you lob it up, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it off he goes. Yeah, that's like, a, again, man, a man-in-the-loop um, guided. But it's got a, it has got initially a, a, fight, um, a wire, and then goes to a radio for that, where it gets past three kilometres, and you can just guide it exactly where you want it, without you see the target line of sight. I, I think you should get extra bonus points as well for the, uh, for the delivery system. Oh, yeah, definitely. Points for style. No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hide our really expensive anti missile anti tank missile system to make it look like a tank. Yeah, oh, never suspect. Tank, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, never suspect least, anything. Could at least be like a milk float. That would have. <laughs> what terrifying milk float! There's <laughs> <laughs> heavily armed milk float in the west. Yes. Um, I do not have the pariah on my list. Leave it at us. I don't either. It's not technically. I, I, I wasn't really counting it, but yep. I will go To be fair, to be fair, Dunk did say the missile. Yep. Yeah, the spike. I'm spike. pretty sure it's called the, the spike. The spike, the spike, miss, the spike missile is, is um, a tank. Uh, that's a pretty cool name as well. I mean, I'm not being funny. If you're going to call something like a missile, you're not going to call it like the fluffy bunnykins, are you? But well, unless you really, you know, top top secret, I guess. Giggles. But, <laughs> the chuckle. Death by giggles. But um, yeah, Spike is a is a pretty aggressive sounding nickname, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's our number fours. Yeah. Lee, what have you got for number three? So number three, I've got Swingfire. Oh, oh. You, have I, am I sharing my screen or something? Oh, I, I thought no one else got Swingfire. I thought everyone would have forgotten I, about Swingfire. <laughs> I, I haven't got Swingfire. I, nope. Swingfire is indeed my number three. I'm looking at the wiki page right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why is it three? So I got just because I'm a big fan of it in my British Army because it's the same thing. It's got a decent amount of punch. In real life, it's a bit of a nightmare because apparently the reason it's called Swing Fire because it had a habit of swinging back at the firer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, vein, the veins get stuck. It's that classic 1980s um, union-led workshop. So it's going to be... <laughs> it's, the fact, it's, the, it's the first line. It's development. Swing Fire was developed by Ferry Engineering Limited and the British Aircraft Corporation together with Wallop Industries Limited and minor Wallop. subcontractors. That does not bode well for anything. <laughs> like a British laden engine. You, know, it's just... <laughs> you can tell no one selected it for it's just raw performance. Yep, yesterday's what? technology, tomorrow. Yep. What is this? Wait, wait, wait. Besides its use on the FV438 Swingfire and striking armed vehicles, Swingfires developed to be launched from other platforms. FE712, a Mark V Ferret. Okay, fair enough. Yep. B swing on a Land Rover. Pretty cool. Wasn't wasn't that uh, Michael Bublé's album? <laughs> Hawk swing on a Lynx helicopter. <laughs> oh my god! And then golf swing on a small <laughs> trolley or Argo cat vehicle. Golf swing. Someone definitely had fun with that name. You can tell. Yeah. 
There's no backswing, though. <laughs> no backswing, yeah. No backswing. Come on. Yeah, Come on, MOD. It's all about follow through. Do. Ooh. <laughs> um, you had toe, didn't you, Dunk? I had toe at number three, yep. Oh, three. I, I suppose right. technically I could say toe two and cheat, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Don't be that guy. Never be that guy. No. No, it's toe. All right. On to number two. Number two, I'm going for the 85 Spiral. Ooh. Which That's is a Soviet one. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the one that's used on the um, Hind and the Storm system. Nice. Oh, that's the big boy missile, isn't it? It's the big boy missile. It's, it's the joint big pants missile. Yep. <laughs> and with all these heavy tanks coming in, it's the missile you can see a lot more of in Soviet lists, I suspect. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, it's, 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 a, you know, it's got a decent range, decent warhead. It is, they're basically very quick on the towed missile. Um, and um, I really, what I love is on the going to going for points of style on the on the, on the firing platform is on the actual MTLB um, storm platform. It's got like a rotary launcher effectively. It's got a big magazine that rotates around, and puts no missile onto the next onto the firing platform and lifts it back up. <laughs> yeah, because like that's the what the most, world needs. It's like the most wonderfully over elaborate um, reloading system you could have. Can, can I ask a quick question? Out. Yep. The um, storm. Did, so was that actually a real thing? Yeah. Because I thought it was the MTLB platform didn't really see service. Or was that? It, the MT, MTLB did. It, it's used a lot in the north, up in the northern front. Like, um, okay. so it tends to appear, it tends to appear up there, and I think that's where the storm assistance were done. But it supports the guys using the system up there because it's better on the um, snowy conditions and like on the BMP. Okay. I, th- I thought it was a marksman for a second. No, it's, it's a it's dubious being in the Team Yankee time frame, but hey, at this point, everything is. Everything's fine. Um, but it was, a, it was a real operational unit, as far as, as, far as wow. I understand. Good stuff. Well, that's that, that's not, me back in my box. Europe, basically. Doug, have you got it on your list? I have not. Ah, oh, two points to Lee. It's not on mine. Oh, that's, I, I, I thought that was going to be okay. Cool. No, yeah. no, no. Interesting. What is your number two anti tank guided missile? Mine is the ubiquitous city uh, in northern Italy, the Milan. Nice. Only because, yeah, cause it's everywhere, isn't it? It is. Everywhere. And, and it was the NATO um, manpop system. Yeah. Dragon was rubbish. Um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Americans, but that's yeah. just, you, guys, you guys know it was too. That's why you got rid of it and gave that awesome travelling system in place. Now, I actually dropped the Milan from my list Ooh. to try and... Because I knew that... Well, I assumed that one of you two would have it in there. Lee, is it on your list? I dropped it too because I was actually <laughs> saying... <it too. laughs> oh, no! Oh, like a, like a ninja. He sneaks like in. Like a ninja, Milan spam has given Duncan <laughs> two See, points. We're overthinking it. That's a problem. He's, he's, Over, just playing, yep. he's just playing in there with the family favourites and we're overthinking it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> oh, right. See if I get this. See if see if what I swapped it out for will work. My number two anti tank guided missile is the MGM fifty one Shillelagh. Shillelagh. Oh hello. Shillelagh. Uh, it will work. Uh, <laughs> that missile doesn't belong Abel's top five. But yeah. <laughs> well, I what? just in it for star points and the fact that it actually means that you can use Sher- um, Sheridan's actually do something when you're playing in. Uh, so what's the Shillelagh tanks. then? It's the anti-tank missile that fits through the um, 
Sheridan's main gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with so you. one fifty-five millimeter, like um, sort of first yeah. dab at a tank barrel launched missile. Yeah. Before, um, before the Russians worked out oh, uh, proper size. But yeah. yeah, but actually, but it never. It was notoriously unreliable. Um, I think even when they, even when they took the system to the Gulf, the Gulf War, they never actually. Um, very depending on which source to go off, actually took any missiles with them. Really? Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they tried testing them and none of them would pass the test. That's quite an indictment, isn't it? I'm not being funny. We, all we got to take on is T-55s. Is this missile up to it? Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose. There's some sources that claim that one was fired operationally and it was a hit. But um, I'm better collaborate. As opposed to a miss? Yeah. Well... I'm guessing it's not on either of your lists, though. No. no. <laughs> I'm on the board! <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Number one, any tank guiding missile? Lee. AGM 65 Maverick. Tom Cruise. What's the one, well, it's one on, on, the, on their um, A10? The big bad boy. The big bad boy. Yeah, so TV guided, any tank missile. I think it's got like a 300 pound heat um he, no heat round just because everything's better when you say 300 pounds of it yeah um yeah <laughs> it's like it's the first sort of like air launched anti-tank guided missile that actually really works um obviously you can't really do wide guided off a fast jet so, <laughs> have i told you my maverick f-18 flight sim story no <laughs> when i was a kid I got the was it the F eight yeah F eighteen mm-hmm. flight sim, and there was one mission we had to fly along, fire a Maverick off and take out a building, you know. And I, as a little kid, took off, and whenever I would hit the building, you know, sorry, fly on, get to the target area, look down to the little multifunction display, mm-hmm. get the missile going, X into the building, bang, hit it, and it would say mission over, you have been killed, and I got stuck on this. Like for three or four days until as I was guiding the missile down to the target, I decided to go to the external view for once and realized that the missile that I'd been guiding dutifully into the target all these times was still attached to my F-18's wing. (laughs) (laughs) Launch. (laughs) So one of the things during the Gulf War is because obviously the A-10s are very simplistic aircraft. It didn't really have um, a built-in Fleur camera uh, for looking infrared. So what they used to do was they'd, they'd fire up one of the missiles on the rail and just use that as a poor man's fleur to find targets and you know, <laughs> fire fire off the next as well, use that missile until you fire it off and so on. Yeah, it works, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Never works. Necessity. Um, I do not have the Maverick on my as my number one. Nope. Again, I didn't know he existed till uh, about 30 seconds ago. So, That's because no one takes A10s because they're too expensive. They yeah. they really are. It's a shame because of the... Brrr, I mean... They're cool models. Again, it, it might be one of those things we see more of because of the whole um, appearance like like the T-80 in that when it comes along. I suspect at that point, the, T8, the extra oomph of the, um, the actual A10 might make it worthwhile. Makes sense. Duncan, number one anti-tank guided missile. 
my number one is well, it's actually the family. It's the Hot family. Ooh, good one. Yep. Because I have a soft spot for Jaguars in the West Germans list. I always have. I mean, it's a honking great missile. I think it's that is it the Hot Two that's like a hundred and fifty mil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. something ridiculous. Um. So yeah, I, I, even from way back when we used to do like Cold War uh, games in the uh, in the nineties, um, I always loved those little Jaguars. I think the, the French use it as well, didn't they? It's in the Gazelle, I think, as well. Yeah, hot gets yes. used. So, yeah, yeah, top top missile. That is that's my number one. Nice. I put you on three points, tied with Lee. Unbelievably. There you go. So you, you're coming into this. What the the the, four, the five missiles are new? <laughs> three of them. Off the top of my head, <laughs> three were unique. Well, I I still think that my number one missile beats both of yours. Okay, was that MIM one forty six ADATS? Oh, for when <laughs> you absolutely I need knew, to kill I something. Knew this is coming up. I almost took ADATS just to spoil like this game. Has to be an ADATS man. I mean, come on. It's you know, laser guided supersonic missile with a range of 10 kilometers. Yeah, it's just the fact it's dual role, you know. It's just like we're bringing our missiles to shoot down aircraft, there's no aircraft, we'll find other things to shoot. Yeah, it's just overkill, isn't it? It's the, it's the best kind of kill. Well, it's, 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 no it's only got a penetration value of you know 90 centimeters of rolled homogeneous armor. <laughs> <laughs> but what aeroplane? <laughs> <laughs> what aircraft are they shooting down with that? Well, if you're shooting, you know, a transport plane and you want to kill the tank inside the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's good. So do you guys do you guys want to share it today or are you gonna have a, a sudden death? <laughs> well that's gonna be interesting because um that's my five missiles I know, so sudden death <laughs> 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 Could be I'm, exciting. I'm happy to share it. It seems only fair. <laughs> I think I'll gracefully bow to uh, Lee's superior knowledge. It's kind of in his, it's, it's kind of your wheelhouse, isn't it? It is his wheelhouse. So. It's very much it. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually uh, that was quite interesting. I, there was some there that I hadn't really thought about as well. I mean, the, more, I think you could, yeah. probably, you could get like ten out of just the Soviets alone, couldn't you? You thought they'd oh, just standardised on. I mean, we didn't you know. even do much the way of like their, um, you know, sort of shoot the barrel launched missiles or anything like that. Why did they not like standardise at all? It just seems odd. Different contractors, different factories. Well, so I mean, the the eighty four and the eighty five are basically very similar. The eighty five is just a scaled. I actually got my designation so wrong there. It should be an eighty six spiral. Um, the eighty five is what's your BMP two? It's Bandrol, which BMP two uses was just basically a larger missile, but used the same guidance unit. So the 84 just uses a slightly smaller missile to make it man-portable. And they're, right. basically, they're both rip-offs of the Milan, basically. Um, somehow the Soviets got got hold of the plans from Milan, basically reverse-engineered it. And that became the 84 and the 85. Hmm. Hmm. I just wonder, because you'd have thought that they'd have look, looked at it and gone, well, we've got a dozen different variants. Maybe that's too many. <laughs> yeah, you think at some point you go, 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 go. Uh, well, just yeah, the sheer logistics of trying to maintain the uh, munitions volumes for those. But hey, it's, it's Russia. Go just big. Take, take, just take more T thirty fours. 
Uh, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. You know. It's <laughs> more million T-34s coming across the... Uh... Is, that, is that a bagra- uh, bagration foreshadowing? Yes. <laughs> Every T-34 in the world. All yeah. the T thirty fours. We're taking cover behind the behind the, 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 the behind the forest. Negative. The forest is the T thirty fours. It's all got a bit of breath. Oh. So, loose lips sink ships. Yeah. So, what we must be doing is actually doing a formal PDF copy version of the T the T Yankee rule, but we haven't got it yet. But thankfully. Yeah. Because the supply chain has been has, has vastly outstripped the book release, <laughs> everyone's, get, everyone's getting the unit cards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk about some Team Yankee stuff. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to the Team Yankee US book. I mean, I don't really plan to get much new from Puffin and Bradley, but it's just like just having like the more modern version of the Abrams and the Brads in there. So, yeah, go. Ironically, looking at because I built all my Abrams up as A1s anyway. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, you made a right choice in that one, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm now thinking, crap, do I need to actually... Because I've got some sitting in the box downstairs. When looking <laughs> how many points they are, I was like, well, do I even... Do I need more? I've got seven M1A1s. No. <laughs> <I'd guess>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I just... No. I got another... I picked up another Balance Boys um, starters for cheap. So I've got another five well, I could potentially build downstairs. I'll tell you what, though, for for an eBayer job, like to do them in desert or, or green, I don't think that's a bad a bad call because most people will probably be running them as a platoon. Yeah, I, I, I think if you did a, if you paint them up as a five as a five tank um, you know, desert era M1A1 platoon, I think the yeah. people snap them up. Yes, yeah, st- stick three command figures in there so you can do two command and a uh, and you know HQ model and yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is where I think. So I'm going to go off on a slight tangent, bit of a rant. I apologise for nothing. But this is where the um, the point system I think's got to change. I think it's got to shift up. If if you're getting these tanks, because we had this discussion, didn't we, about um, the mid-war points and doing Italy, where you couldn't really fit the stuff that was in Italy in mid-war comfortably. This was before Fortress Europe came out. I think yeah. we're going to start seeing that in um, in Team Yankee now because. You can't field T-80s and M1A1s at a decent level without increasing the field, the, the points level. The problem uh, is, if it, uh, it's trying to make the points work with such a wide range uh, of vehicles, because the problem you've got is the T-55 doesn't stop existing. No, I know. We've, we've, we talked about this last time, didn't we? That, that That's the problem. There's no, You can't do like a late war Team Yankee because... Stuff doesn't get decommissioned. Go away, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think you're going to have to agree with this amongst your gaming group because if you want to play 100 points with A1, yeah, M1A ones, you're going to get what five? I think what it'd be like exactly what you just said there. If I'm playing the likes of you guys and Dylan, who I know he's chomping a bit for T80s, I'll say, look, we're going to play 150 points. We're both going to agree we're not going to spam out 1970s era tanks here. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to spam out IFVs, you know, like cheap like BMP one era IFVs either. Yeah, anyway, I think that sort of gentleman's agreement will keep will get most people through as well. I think it's going to be a real problem though if you're going to play competitive. I mean, I don't oh, think. Yeah, for sure. I'm not. I, yeah, the official, point, the official points are going up to 120. In the, in are the, they? In the US circuit, 
Okay. Obviously, there's not much of the official circuit this year, but that was the point. <laughs> but I don't know. See, we've angered enough. we've angered God by bringing in these late tanks. That's what it is. He's smiting us. Thank you, <laughs> But th- does that help though? 120 points. I don't know if it does. Because again, like you said, if if in a competitive environment, that just gives your opponent more. Yeah, but I I would be interested to see how the spam players are actually working line of sight and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I've got a... blocking your own line of sight. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, got a, yeah. I've got a feeling that people are saying yes, but you can have this X amount of tanks, and I think it gets a bit spurious as. I think the thing that really see. that people miss out is the whole um, not moving through friendly vehicles. Yeah, exactly. I see. I see it before. I mean, hell, I've done it. But I've forgotten it. Just move my BMPs for them. And of course, you shouldn't. You can't do that, and I think that makes the large hordes a lot trickier because they just trip over themselves. Yeah, and then the front one bogs. Oh yes, yeah. and What's that's the, it. Yeah. What's the T sixty two's AT? Is it seven? Uh, no, nineteen. So a stock, a stock T sixty two. nineteen. And the side armor of a BMP one. Uh, sorry, a M one A one is eleven. Eleven, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So you got. I suppose the other thing you could do is is just increase the gaming surface because again, it, these tanks got a honking great uh, effective range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you play on a I don't know an eight by five or something, or you know if you give yourself that a little bit more space, it might it might um, cancel out the advantage of just being swarmed and flanked. Well, not cancel out, but balance it, I guess. You don't yeah. want to cancel out the, the threat of it, but. Mm-hmm. I mean that you're right. That'd be interesting to see though, because frontally nothing's going to take them on, are they? Really? Well, I'd say you get you have to get, you get the, the big boy stuff like yeah, eighty six. You're looking at air power, basically, aren't you? Um, yeah, or well, the storm. I'm gonna say that. Yeah. yeah. What does the um, frog foot have? Is that, I don't think that can touch it, can it? Eighty twenty seven. It's a big, a big carry oh, missile. Yeah. Okay. So. Basically, it's the same as a maverick. Yeah. No, it's gonna be. It's definitely a, a, a shift, though. And Apaches. Yeah, oh, yes. seen the big boy missiles. Yeah. So yeah. So one of the things that got revealed, thanks to I believe this is well um, regular listener William White, um, he got his store had. Or sorry, a friend of his was at the store. So it must be in America because they're dumb enough to open up um, to have to have their um, <laughs> to have the, um, the actual store copy of the book. Why well, get annoyed? We haven't got the PDF, but it so he didn't show much, but he did show a a photo of the Apache page, and yeah, that is a beast. Um, does it have? I didn't see it. Does it have the parabola firing missile, Hellfire missile? So Hellfire, the Hellfire missile is, I'm going to say a little gimped actually. It's not quite as not quite as fearsome as I, I was expecting it to be. Um, let's try to bring it up on my screen right now just so I can remember what the stats are. So it's rate of fire one, which that's always the problem, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, which isn't incorrect. I mean, you can only fire you can only fire one miss. You, know, you, you, you the laser guys the missile. You find a missile, it homes in. Yeah. In practice, though, what a good gunner can do is rattle off the shot, so like a twenty, like a, a spacing between each shot, and basically walk the laser along the targets if they're close enough. So you fire, bam, first shot, 
bam, second shot. With enough time between shots to warp the laser down, say, a line of T-62s. So, I mean, oh, that, that, would have been, that would have been fantastic if they had a rule like, you know, rate of fire one, unless you had another tank within two inches or three. Because then it makes those hordes of light of, of yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't bunch up, don't bunch up. Yeah, for every hit, for every hit you make, you can then roll another hit until you, until, but it then counts as one shot or something. You spanked out all eight missiles in one yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the actual missile itself has got a 64 inch range, but a minimum range of 16. Which I'm surprised by. Obviously, okay. it takes a it takes a lot of gathering up for the laser. I'm guessing, um, because you sort of lob the missile into the la- into the basket of laser, like you do a laser bomb on a shallower angle. Um, it's rare fire one, like we say, like most missiles are. The big thing is it's anti tank 25, which puts ooh, it ooh. on the same as the 86, if I recall correctly. But where's it? Where's the um, 86 can move and fire? I'll be at a short range. The um, hellfire has to stay still. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, behind some woods. It's yeah. it's how they, it's how they use the Apache. It's, you know, the pop up attack kind of thing. Yeah. Has he got the little bird like targeting thing? Um, not what we've seen so far. The car word doesn't appear to be in the book. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, so it's a bit of a shame. Cause it would be nice to have, like, say, have these things out of sight and have this little tire we're doing the handoffs and that. So. Yeah. Just... <laughs> that would be an amazing uh, objective. Yeah. It would be cool. I, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to see helicopter spotters in anyway, just because it's part of the rules. What we also have is the um, standard rocket launcher. So that's basically the same stats as Cobra, as far as I can tell. A quick look. Um, what Those we also. Rocket pod type things. Yeah, that's so right. it's, it's mm-hmm. range 16. Actually, it might have a longer range. I think the Cobra has to only an eight-inch range, doesn't it, on the rockets? Uh, so we'll have to lead across and get stripes, because I really should have looked at this beforehand. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, stripes. Where's my couple of stripes? <gasps> I can't find my couple of stripes. That's right, I get oil wars, because that's got these good. Why <laughs> be the last time you used that book? What, stripes? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I ever actually used it, because I never actually got my Americans on the table, so it's kind of... <laughs> that's right i'll do that with the new 40k rulebook oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah we should, we've got to, got to that gag we're gonna start off by section on that edition 40k won't we oh, that's yeah, me in the um the thing at the end yeah but so the actual um stats are the same for the rocket launcher okay oh that's interesting what is different is that the apache has got a shorter range on its um gun well the chain gun Yes, the M30 chain gun, so you've got a range of six, whereas 20 mil's got a range of eight. Huh. That's curious. I was expecting that. High rank tank, eight tank eight, um, and five power five plus. So we are going to have to enjoy the fact that people going onto the forums to talk about how the 30 mil should be eating up through Soviet armor based on some dubious Iraqi war thing where the Apaches didn't actually fire up many guns at um, tanks. Yeah. Hey. So that's going to be fun moderating the, for- the forum for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Delete, delete, delete. The other thing is, is um, it's hit on. It's still four plus. Yep. I just, yep. No, I just noticed a big change. Is this aircraft save is four plus, not five plus. Oh. Mm. So it's tricky. So, it's it's a tricky. Yes, I mean, it's, it, the actual as a system was designed by withstand hits from twenty-three millimeter um, AA guns. Now, we've got to be a bit careful here because. 
it's survived so the crew can get back to base with a rapidly falling apart helicopter rather than sit there and take it like some sort of like flying tank. Yeah. But um, you know, it is, it is effectively a hardier beast than, say, the Vietnam era Cobras were. That's why the met the met an Apache pilot. They still get issued the old school flying knife mm-hmm. uh, because the plastic window breakers that they would have been issued as normal aircrew aren't enough to get out of the plastic <laughs> glass. Oh really? Yeah, the, the standard aircrew flying knife is literally a little plastic seatbelt cutter with a tiny little spike on the bottom, mm-hmm. um, like you see on the side of coaches. And these guys, like, you know, I've got reinforced perspex designed to stop AK rounds. It's not kind of quite get cut it. It's not, yeah, it's not literally you quite cut it. Hold on. Uh, so, what you're saying is a National Express coach can take out an Apache. That's yeah. Why <laughs> yeah. No, it can't. That's why. That's why they need bigger knives. Oh. What, what I'm saying there is the National Express coach is better equipped than now most of our armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to breaking a window. No, no. You don't need to caveat it. <laughs> yes. Leave it there. I can see I can see more Twitter lighting up on this uh, <laughs> shock horror scandal. Um, yep. um also got the, the G.I. Joe tank. Yeah, so yeah, well that's we talked about this la- on the last show, didn't we? Or a couple of shows yeah. ago, it? But, oh, this did, one, yeah. yeah, this came, this came off the Twitch thing, yeah. The, the, car, the car got leaked, didn't it? Uh, not what leaked, sorry, it got revealed on Twitch. Yeah. But what does accompany it was the Humvees. And they did yeah. get leaked um, recently. So oh. someone bought a pack of infantry, I believe. And the infantry came with some extra cards. Um, and the cards themselves covered the new light infantry, um, the Humvee mounted light infantry list. So again, just going to bring up their... Um... What? I know. Not, so not Marines. This is now... So this, yeah, this is... Correct. So this is the 9th um, Mechanised Division, High Tech Division, which is the guys who experimented with all these light... Um, well, basically, experimenting oh, with June, light... June high, Becky, yeah. yeah light, highly deployable... Sure. Yeah, exactly that. Light, highly deployable forces. That could, you, know, you could get in the back of a, C, of a C-14 and just deploy really quickly. And so what they've got is a formation called the Combined Arms Bracket Light in Bracket Company. And that's a HQ, um, which is a, an M16 team in the Humvee. Yeah. And then two to three platoons of light motor infantry platoons, which are uh, a full strength unit, which is 10 points, 10 Humvees, six um, SAW teams, an M60 team, and three Dragon missile teams. Jesus. Now that's a, that's a nice little um, defensive, you know, defensive unit. You sit on an objective... Yeah. The Dragon's not a great missile, but it's you know, better than nothing. And the rest of the yeah. teams are still packing laws, uh, machine guns, grenade launchers. Why me? Hmm. That's 10 points. And that's a 10-point unit. You can get a smaller version with eight Humvees and six um, MG teams and two Dragons for eight points. Do the Humvees have the 50 cal on them as well? Right, so we don't have the Humvee stats, though okay. I believe Will was saying that the book, when the his contact had the book, said they had um, M60, Pintomatic M60s, and the option, yep. or either incorporating the unit, um, the miniguns, 7.62 miniguns, apparently, which are rate of fire 8. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another thing to note is these guys are also skill 3+, plus in infantry. 
Yeah. Which is not because most Americans are skill four plus. So not quite yeah. sure why they get they skill get assault four. Still assault four. Yep. Um, but they're also everything else is four apart mm. from the skill. So good for blitzing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're mobile. Yeah. Digging in. That's handy. So you can get to objective, dig in, hold it. That sounds quite cheap, though. For you. I suppose you're not paying a lot for the transports either, are you? No, because obviously there are armors, you know, your armors here are Humvees without much yeah. of their firepower on building a machine gun. But obviously that Gatling gun could be quite fun. If you merit, you know, a bunch of Soviet infantry turn up. Go Terran, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So I should wait. I should wait for the book to properly drop before I build my Humvee company. Then I think so because I mean, so it's also got an access to one platoon of those light tanks we're talking about. Yep. And one um, platoon of Humvee fire support platoons, which yep. I'm guessing is going to be a tow, some sort of tow missile section. And then also a ninth motor Humvee scout section, which again I'm guessing is going to be much like the scout sections we're used to with like two tows and um, yeah. Pair of things, but again, we have to see the book that's confirmed. That's gonna be quite a cheap second formation if you wanted to try and squeeze one in. It's well. yeah, I mean, obviously, you could put you could if you really like Humvees, you could pair it up the Humvee and um, the scout section. Just oh like, my god, or the Marines uh, or whatever it is, by you know, spank out like 300 quid's worth of Humvees and have like, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm sure Battlefront would appreciate, so you know, we, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you wanted to back up, say. If you want some cheap infantry to back up the expensive tank sec- tank or armoured cavalry section, it could be a way to go. Well, that's what I was thinking. That it, If you've already dropped a lot of points into a formation, this mm-hmm. is just your infantry that you may or may not need. Yeah. Um, and it's fairly self-sufficient by the sounds of it. Yeah, it sounds... I mean, so, it doesn't have any built-in artillery. It doesn't seem like any mortar carrier or anything like that. But it seems to have anti-tank, anti-infantry firepower, that kind of good stuff. I mean, eight or oh, eight shots off ten Humvees. If you were going to upgrade them all to the miniguns, I mean, that's <laughs> is yeah. that that might be the most. Obviously, we don't know yet how the, how the actual Gatling guns go into the unit, but yeah, that'd be bonkers. Even yeah, even a couple. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. going to be so much fun. Humvees are pretty cool, anyway. I I love the model. I I, I really do. That's why I'm going to do the Stinger the Stinger team for my anti aircraft. I just love that little Humvee model. This is this is a really good kit. I think you know, if, if I'm going to complain. It would be nice if they put like the um, the wading snorkel in, so you can do a proper marine version of that one. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice kit, and it goes together nice. And if you're a dab hand with a sharp knife, you can do all, like all the variants with um, the soft tops and that kind of thing. Ooh, Ooh. Who, does, cool. who doesn't love a soft top? Yeah, drop a uh, drop top Humvee. You cruise around the Iraqi desert, you know, get a bit of hit, yeah. windy, windy in your Fritz helmet. That, like, that's going full, full Schwarzenegger at that point, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. I think... I'm impressed. This sounds but, quite cool. Yep. And it gets better, because the last reveal was the M901, um, the anti-tank, elevating anti-tank M113, which, I hear you say, that's already in the book. But the new card, because someone just bought a box of M113s, um, yeah. reveals they have the option of being upgraded to have the TOW 2 missile, which bumps that anti-tank to 23. Ooh. Now, there's a bit of 
unfortunately, the guy didn't reveal the back cards. We had no idea the points cost, how much we pay. Yeah. Now, someone did say it's a one point for the platoon, which sounds about, it sounds about right. Because you see, really? yeah, but when you, when you think about it, you, um, Soviet tank platoons play plus one point up to put the missiles on their tanks. Yeah. So it, it doesn't sound unreasonable on that basis. Okay. But apparently there's also a caveat that if you do it, upgrade it, then you have to upgrade the other tow units in your force to have the same capability. You can't have a mix of ITO uh, tow two. Okay. Which implies that the Humvees, like the Humvees and, get the, tow and, the well. co- and the Cobras can get tow two as well. And that's interesting. At that point, whereas the tow two might have started looking a bit um, secondhand compared to the Apache, all of a sudden its anti-tank is pretty much the same. It's yeah. Really a like, um, I think it's about five points cheaper. It'll be a five points cheaper than an Apache unit. That's about a ton of missiles as well. And it's a lot of missiles, yeah. And if you put it onto a Humvee formation, all right, you now got like a 25 point formation, but everything's packing. <laughs> you got like a whole <laughs> shed load of anti tank um, 23 missiles flaring out. See, that's, that's always been the downside for me on the missiles is that, that you can't get that rate of fire up. No. Because, you know, like the helicopters and things before, like that before have been quite uninspiring because you can't kill enough Soviets with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that, that's quite cheap. You know, it's a lot of tow potential. Yeah. And I think, you know, and if a T8 with a T8 come along, it's that kind of tow potential you're going to need to deal with that system. Now, obviously, we don't know exactly how this interfaces into the army. That's why we do need to see the review copy. But it's, in, it's just, just little tidbits about what's coming. That's what we're after these days. We're all locked down, just these little... Anything new. <coughs> anything that's coming, yeah. <laughs> anything. Anything, something, please. Something that yeah. isn't the same four rooms, yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, that's so cool. it's shaping up. I mean, the rumour is long... it's, it's got yeah. July 4th... Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, two, it's two new, a whole new formation. In, I mean, sorry, two whole new formations with the... Um, Bradley, Cav, oh no, Bradley Infantry, and then these two. It's just about five new formations. And then you've got some variations on the theme with like um, the M1A1 formations, which are basically the same, but have just the heavier tanks. Yeah. So there's a lot of new content in the book. <laughs> I'm sure the purists, you know, the purists will obviously, you know, hate the fact there's no prototype tank system. The Soviet players will no doubt be annoyed because once again they don't get anything cool yet. But obviously they're making yeah. booking that. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Fourth of July release date makes utter sense. I think because it slipped. Why not? Why why not slip it to the fourth of July and just really? Yeah. Have the... um, because it's made, some stores already have copies. That's it. So hopefully um... we'll be getting a review copy soon. So we can because normally we get about a month before. Yeah, yeah, cool. Faces, bases, something and something. Then, yeah. What something and something have you been adding to your figures this week? <laughs> um, mainly glue and base coats, undercoat spray. You've gone bonkers on building, haven't you? I you did know, because yeah. I was getting scared of actually painting. Because that's uh, on the last podcast. That's where we left it. You were doing the you were doing the assembly, ready for doing the painting. But it sounds like yeah. you've um, forestalled that. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, because I broke out the new Infinity airbrush, and that took some learning over my Neo, 
So I wasn't quite, I didn't make as much progress as I wanted to. Um, but then also I ended up just base coating everything Dunkle Gelb. Um, I think <laughs> I, there's about 40 Gelb. to 50 tanks that I've base coated. Was that fire the Vallejo service primer? Yep. So Vallejo poly. How did your airbrush find it? Did it actually um, do all right with it? The, with the Neo? Yeah, it's fine. Cool. The Neo, yeah, just like a boss. It's a nice color. Yeah, it is good. It is good. I actually like it a little bit more than the PSC spray, to be fair. Put them side by side. Um, I mean, spray is a lot easier in terms of getting it done. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, a spray finds, a spray can finds all the, the nooks and recesses itself kind of thing. Yeah. However, the control you get from the airbrush and the cost saving as well. Cause I reckon I must have spent about 30 quid on air on spray cans just to do that stuff that I did with probably about four pounds worth of paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not even that I've got tons of it left. So no, I've got everything base coated. I did, um, five tigers in three kind of camo, um, as well as a, a bolt action tiger that was just there as a larger test piece. Basically, I did that as a sacrificial, get it done, learn the airbrush before I went onto the 15 mil stuff. Um, so for the flame stuff, it's kind of just been there. I've been waiting on another chance to take over the kitchen to do another mad base coat spray session for my um, Team Yankee bits. Oh, is that for your um, Polish? Uh, the Polish need to be finished off. I've also got a load of Iraqi T-72s and T-55s to airbrush desert, as well as um, my <coughs> uh, Israeli <laughs> M60 Magash <laughs> company that I actually... Surprise Israeli army. Yeah. The surprise Israeli army that yeah came around because of uh, the deadly deals. Knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been good. I've been chopping and changing it up a little bit. I think the biggest thing I had to learn with this whole coronavirus stuff is just to, you know, not expect too much of yourself. Kind of just doing something is better than nothing. Mm. Well, we all go through pits and starts. I think that's the other thing, you know, yeah. with painting. You're, you're either in the mood for it or you're not. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is attack it if, it's, if it, you're not in the mood because... yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get the best result. Yeah, what's what's why I've switched doing some 40k stuff, just kind of you know, a little bit of a palette cleanser before I go and tackle the US wars ready. It's whatever I do next. Variety is the spice of life, and um, keeping motivated whilst painting just endless stuff the same is it is well, that's that's why we don't see more Soviet infantry armies. Let's face it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I and mean, contrast paints helps a lot, but yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I've been seeing people getting good results out of contrast pair. I might have to go back and try mine again. I'm still on the fence. I'm still not. I'm still not sure. I think you can't just apply it to everything. But when they, like I did a, a Dungeons and Dragons um, dragon, mm-hmm. and the red contrast paint over just a grey primer, just it looks amazing. And it literally just was slapped on in one coat. Red's one of those colours, though, that I've always found is easier to paint. I don't know why. Okay. 
I, I, just going back to Warhammer days, I always found red yeah. to be reasonably good, even like over a black base coat and things like that. And it, the red paints seem to usually cover quite well. The pigmentation is quite good. Yeah, the, um, just the foundation was just incredible. The shading yeah. and the model itself is all textured muscles and that's it. Yeah, like that. so it really works together really well. And yeah, I look at it and go, well, that would have taken me three times as long if I hadn't been using contrast. Well, yeah. I have to give them a go. The, the, They're I worth the playing that, with. Well, I think it scares, not scares me, but the thing that's kind of put me off slightly is just it's re, in, reinvesting in another line of paints. Well, you don't have to do the whole line. That's the thing. You, you use them in common track. Right. You, you get, you know, you, you use them in, in conjunction with normal, normal paints. Mm, maybe. I think that's, that's the other thing people try to do is they just try to paint everything with contrast. Yeah, it's, it's, you've got to see it as, as another tool in your in your paint box. Yeah, it's not a replacement, it's an addition. They work really nicely as glazes as well, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll talk, we'll talk about this offline, but I had, I had an idea that I was talking to Eddie about not related to Flames War. I'd be interested to get your opinion as well, Lee. But, um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. If they're, I'll have to have a look at some point, I think. They're, they're, they're out there now, aren't they? Yeah, if they do speed and things up even a couple of steps, it's uh, it's all beneficial. What have you guys been doing, if anything? So I've been finishing the warriors off, which gets me pretty much most away the way there on my um, Iraqi era British army. The ultimate warriors. Ultimate warriors, yes. <laughs> um, so it, just just painted ten of those. I need to get really another box so I can get few more of the options done but um yeah so it was a fairly painting desert stuff makes it fairly simple yeah you you have had some good results with the desert stuff haven't you just in terms of um yeah. speeding them up i like what you did with the tracks that was a good tip yeah so with the tracks yeah basically paint, spray everything desert and then just give the tracks a heavy coat of agrax earthshade and non oil in two coats Oh. And, that, and then, then dry. Um, pick. Um, oh, sorry. Before you do that, pick out the track pads and row wheels if you want to in black grey, and then do that shade, and then give it a really heavy dry brush of like Iraqi sand and buff. And it just gives you this like you no know, sand impregnated desert track basically. Nice. Hmm. Oh. It, and that makes takes takes a lot of time out of doing tanks, just getting those tracks. Yeah, I did the similar thing with my my Polish, where it was spray it all green, mm-hmm. and then do uh, a burnt umber and black mix. Yep. And then just zap the tracks with that <laughs> for instant muddy track grime effect. That's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that is interesting actually, because I've just moved as well to um, I used to do them black and then dry brush them up, mm-hmm. and actually I, was, I switched to the black grey and then uh, black washed them down. I think you get better results than that. I mean, it just get, it it just gives you um, the black grey itself is quite a light colour. It's compared mm. to black. But you get a good coat of like known oil, and it just um, that's all you're highlighting for you basically. Maybe just give it a very fine height, you know, dry brush with like um, London grey or something like that. Yeah, the the other thing I tried, uh, I'll talk about this in a minute, but um, was the Blayo Rush wash over. Um, so it was black, grey, and then dry brush silver, and then the rust wash. And that seemed to 
work all right. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be, but yeah, that's that was pretty quick, to be honest. Tracks are always a pain, though. Painting tracks is never it's never up on anyone's list of exciting things to do. So. It's my least favorite part of the, doing a tank kit, I must admit. It's just, I find it fiddly. A bit fiddly, not particularly exciting. Just glad when it's done. Yeah, you never seem to get as much out of it as the effort you put in sometimes. I it's what yeah. I find. There's some painting steps where you, you, you do minimal effort and get maximum return, and other mm-hmm. ones are just... That was not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. we, Dunk, did we say what you were painting? No, so I did my, um, my Italian boot company and some uh, Herman Goering Pioneers to go with them. So that's the first of the Herman Goering boys that have um, they've got painted. Um, they came up all right. The the bit uh, the Stugs are lovely. The uh, M forty three, I think it is kit. The old metal one from uh, Battlefront. Wonderful piece of kit. It's a shame it's not really um, in production anymore. But I'd get some more. They're, they're, it's quite <laughs> lovely. It's a really nice, um, really nice model. But, um, yeah, they they this my standard. Um, Dunkle Girl, um, and then I used a variety of different um, camos. So I used um, just Dunkle Girl for the command uh, Stug, which was a German one, German Stug. Uh, I think it was an F8, something like that. Right. Um, then one platoon had just the reflective green, and then the other platoon had the reflective green and uh, the rot. Uh, Rotbrun, yeah. So just so then you can easily see which platoon's which, and it adds a bit of variety. I did a bit of reading, and um, I don't think on Sicily the um, Herman Goering tanks were actually painted with enemy camo. Okay. So I think they were just in Dunkel Girl. Okay. Um, it's not very exciting, and I wanted to use them for Italy. So I think I might do the. I've got 13 Panzer threes to do. Um, so I think I'll do them in a mixture of, you know, this. This platoon's just Dunkle Girl. This platoon's, again, just um, one shade of camo and this one's two shades and see how that paints up so it gives a bit of variety. Yeah. So, again, they didn't have the uh, shirts on, but I'll put the shirts on, on the turrets because I think it looks better. So they've not got the shirts on the sides, just on the turrets. And, just on the turrets. Yeah. Nice. yeah, the little Panzer threes look cool. So they, they kept me out of trouble for a bit. Um, I, again, like Lee, I, I think I burnt myself a little bit out painting my... Um, Americans, yeah, I, I need to do something a little bit different now. Uh, I've got the anti tank guns for the uh, Americans to finish off the 57s, they've only arrived uh, this week, um, so I've got to do them. But I think I might give myself a break. Uh, I, ha- I did though, I succumbed to the final daily deal and I did get um, the Churchills for the Soviets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I will at some point be looking, I think, at doing it. I have no idea how to put this list together. I don't even, I haven't even got that far as looking at what to support them. But I've got um, the SU-122s and 15 Churchills, okay. and I think I'm going to do them in a um, do them in a winter camo because I've never painted anything in nice. winter. Yeah. Um, so that'll be you know a late, I guess it'll be a late uh, 43 into 44 army. Yeah, I think I think um, Churchills were used up in their um. Northern Front, around Leningrad, and that kind of thing. 
yeah, uh, they I I had looked. There was a little article on the the Battlefront website, and um, it suggested that the Churchills in some divisions weren't swapped out till mid forty four. Yeah, that's why um, they late war books. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're still in Fortress Europe. They're really cheap. Like they're three points in the Soviet list for each Churchill. Oh wow! I know they're I know they're only AT ten, but you know that's a lot of Churchills. Um, and there's nothing nothing really wrong with them. They're just just a bit undergunned, I think, at that point. They're still armor nine, so anything that's not um you know, a bigger anti tank gun's gonna struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, they're they're still a sort for they're fearless as well. <laughs> Fortress Europe, which is nice. So yeah, they're just and it's just a flat fearless as well, whereas the KVs are like confident and then yeah. their motivation I think is four plus. They're just the church just because their guards are just flat fearless. I think it's because they're so, yeah. ammo. So, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're just knocking around. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to trying a winter camo. Actually, I've got some. I've got some new flocks for like basing. I've got like a melting snow and a, a patchy grass one. Um, which I've I've used the patchy grass for the um Italians, but um for the uh, sorry the having going stuff for Italy and that's quite nice. Yeah, just. I think I'm going to take a little bit of a breather because I have painted an awful lot of stuff recently. And I think I need to... You'd be on fire, maybe. Need to... Well, yeah, I've, uh, the, the second ID stuff, that's I think it's worn me out a little bit on um, Normandy stuff, so that's why I switched to the Herman Goering bits. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're nice. They're quite easy. Um, they're not actually easy to paint. They're quite fiddly, but they're nice to paint. The, the blue's a nice change. Mm-hmm. The Luftwaffe blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's kept me out of trouble. And I still need to go back and finish my Dutch, but um, yeah, they'll come along. But they're just a lot of green again. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble with my. I need some color. I need some color in my life because yeah. uh, the monotone's getting to me. I think now. Yeah. Okay. So, should we move on to an officer answers? We should. Yes. Yeah. So, from our Facebook page, our long-term listener William White has two questions for us. The first one is, do you think that 4.2-inch mortars are a must-take for late-war British? 3-up firepower, 88-pack front, anti-tank gun-killing firepower. Oh, sorry. 3-plus mm. 88-pack front, anti-tank gun-killing firepower for only nine points. Oh, mm. yeah, so they're very good. I'm not quite going as far as a must-buy, because I think the 25-pounder at 12 points, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's slightly more versatile. What you can do with it, that kind of thing. But um, uh, it's for me, it's I think it's a little bit of a tough sell. I think you need something. I don't know. Nine points is still quite a lot, though, isn't it? In the in the grand scheme, I suppose. Yeah, it's not super cheap as an artillery support. Yeah, but Brits don't really have a lot of cheap um, high firepower support. And you got you got there a French the French mortar. And that's about it, really. Yeah, what? That, yeah, that's four plus, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's four plus. Yeah, yeah. It's four plus yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the repeat barrage with a four plus, I think, is decent. I suppose it depends if you really, really, really. The thing that you, I think, you're going to struggle with the pack front is because they'll, they'll be, no one's going to deploy them within a barrage template's distance of each other. Yeah, it should be one gun at a time. Yeah, so you're going to kill one gun at a time. So I suppose if you want to pay for some artillery, um, 
to make sure that when you do get that chance to kill it, it's, it's going to do the job, then yeah, probably. I just think it's quite a bit to sink into something that does one job. You know, so it's 10% of your total force on killing one pack gun a turn. I think, unfortunately, Mark's right. The, um, the flamethrowers are probably more useful, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is a bit sad, but... Well, yeah. It is. it is what it is when you go min-max, or if you're going yeah. for max competitiveness. I suppose the question is, you're, you're right, Lee, what, what artillery are you taking if in a British force if you want to take out or take on um, the packs? I guess is the question. Yeah. I mean, the other thing to bear in mind is um, smoke. Yes, smoke is very underused, I think. By me, mainly. You know, <laughs> as well with direct fire smoke, because your packs can't actually move out from behind it. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So you're saying that the Sherman as a smoke delivery might be useful as well? Well, you know, it's, it's whether or not you want to try and kill it. you, you got to get the hits, then it's save, then firepower checks. Or mm-hmm. you just want to hit it, chunk out with and smoke. And then drive it. It's an infantry against it. Yeah. Infantry? What are they? Who uses them? Who uses them? <laughs> What's his combined arms? Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. that all about? I, hmm. I think if you, yeah, if you, the British are in a bit of a spot, aren't they? Because they haven't got any really cheap, easily accessible artillery. So, is that a card as well, or is that just a normal information, not information, sorry, normal support option? It's not like the chemical mortars. Oh, it's exactly, exactly like exactly the chemical mortars. It's a command card. Okay. It just adds a mortar slot basically to your um, support. Uh, second question is, what do you think of using the Polish command card with the Sherman armoured formation and taking eight fearless Stuarts along with the <laughs> HQ and compulsory Sherman platoon? Is it worth the points to have these zipping around, spraying five MG dice and remounting last standing and counter-attacking on a three plus? Hmm. I guess it depends what you're facing. If you roll up against a, um, well, even a Panzer IV company, you're probably not going to be having much fun yeah I, I did play around in, in V3 with um, a Normandy it was an American Stuart company mm-hmm. yeah. as a, a thought process because you can get stuff to support them but it's still tough it's, it's hard work I mean the, the, the thing with the Polish is I think they make, it does make them fearless doesn't it, it makes them yeah. just flat fearless mm. I've never so when I've run Stuarts with my Brits, they've always been a support platoon, well, a formation platoon for the recce units. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found them extremely useful in certain circumstances, but I don't think I ever ha- remember having to have them remount. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's a luxury, yeah. Because they... if they get hit, they're generally dead. Mm. I suppose last stand might be an issue then. You could keep them around with the last stand of three plus. Yeah. Is it worth the points for the card? But that's you know it, they tend to either you tend to either use them as a harrying force, you know, preventative force, in which case you can keep them out of sight because they're fast enough. If you and if you're using MGs, you're not worried about you know being stationary. Oh, so 
the way I tend to use them was kind of like keep them out of sight of things that can kill them easily and and keep them there for your formation strength to keep your you keep yourself in good spirits and and they either you either commit them to try and force a game win and if that doesn't work they die <laughs> or you get you know something unlucky reserves or or you get outflanked and then they get pot shotted off in which case you you fall them back and keep two of them alive hiding for the rest of the game to keep the extra formation you know it's a platoon you don't mind losing for an offensive stance to keep yourself in the game i guess if you're going to invest i mean they're not a lot of points i don't think and it's it's a cheap second formation if you look at it that way i guess it depends what your primary formation is i guess but i mean the thing with the british is that you don't really need the anti-tank in your formation because you've got access to those bloody M10 17-pound and nonsense. Yeah. So, would they would they be a problem for your beach bombs? Certainly wouldn't want to be moving. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting thought, though. Yeah, I'd say, William, play some games and let us know. You know. Yeah, with and without the car would be interesting as well because I'm not sure. Yeah, do you actually ever use the the three up? Yeah, especially like I said, I think it's quite a few points. I think it's maybe four. Okay, I can't remember now. It's, it's quite a quite a lot because a friend of mine used to play the um, the Polish in V3 and he used it with because um, they used to have access to that Firefly platoon, so it was just Fireflies. Yeah, and that was horrible because yeah, on a a fearless unit as well. They just stuck around forever, being annoying. Ollie SP asks for Team Yankee. Do I start a US Marine Corps army or wait for the new book? Yes. I don't think the US Marine Corps get changed much. Um, obviously, the Lab 25, hopefully, its anti tank version will get their um, Toe 2 upgrade. Because you can yeah. get them in the platoon of four, which makes that little lav formation quite a handy little beast. Um, obviously, they have toes as well in the, in the rifle company. Um, I guess it comes down to I, if you get the rifle company, then you. They're, um, actually, that's not true. The rifle company doesn't have enough dragons to do their white support as well. <laughs> I, th- I think if, I, if you're going to do it, save some pennies for your support. Because you'll yeah. probably want some of the new toys, I imagine. Um, or at, at just the option of including them. Um, just things like the Apache sounds like they're going to be popular. And um, I think, yeah, yeah if you get if you get a pure US Marine Corps force and not much going to change you apart from the introduction of tow. Yeah. If you're going to do a combined US force as like elements of army and right and Marines, you might want to hold off to see what you want to do. You wouldn't need to hold off necessarily on the core formation, would you? If you want to get oh, ahead of them the game and yeah. start painting things. But yeah, the support, I think you might want to pause for thought on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get building and painting now. Why not? First one twenty meter barrels on, on your on your Abrams if you're going to have one to two. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do an Eddie. Yeah. All M1A1. Uh, Stephen Brew asks Midworld Italians, Lanciers or 88s? Yes. Yes. And then. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, but if you only had to take one, though. 
What would you take? Lanceers. Lanceers. Yeah, I would as well. Just that little bit of mobility. Shoot and scoot. Mm-hmm. But just, just the ability, like you said, if someone smokes yeah. you, you, you can actually move out of the way of it. Well, yeah. blitz, shoot and scoot, yeah. dash. I remember playing Rex in um, the, the, to- the Crawley tournament. Yeah. And, he had, and, his, yeah. and he had his um, gun line, and which Lance were there. And I took £25 of smoke, and then he tried blitzing. He didn't make it, but, you know, I... I I was definitely having a, a very tight sphincter moment at that time. Yeah. Oh. Was nice the blitz. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's a different dynamic than doing it on the 88 and going, well, that, that's them sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then again, what's the... yeah, oh, four dug in 88 is a nice platoon. Uh, would you take all four in a, the unit? Yeah, because they're a little bit cheaper because they um, haven't got gun shields. Okay. Think. Anyway, both. And then the second part was Simaventes or fourteen forty ones. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I know where my loyalties lie on this. You're a Simaventi man, aren't you? Yep. All all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Just I must admit, It is. It is probably the better of the two options. I just I just think with the, the extra template, the, the, they're always going to do something. Um, they got the heat. Yeah, as I said, direct fire, direct fire potential gun itself is quite good. Yeah, it's the, I think it's eight, but it's, it's quite short range. I think it's 20, 20 inch range. Mm-hmm. But it's it's eight at all, you know, all twenty inches of it, if you like. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I've been playing around with a, a Simaventi company and having three units of those. I, I think is it five stands you get to re-roll under the template? Uh, yes, five. Yeah, so five. I think five semiventis is twenty points. Seeing your three are, units of those. Semiventis are a lot scarier than fourteen forty ones. Mm. You know, they're just, just like, a brutal sized gun on a, a good good hull. Yeah, it's a decent platform. Yeah, it's and it's not many points. Four? Is it front armor four? Uh, yeah, I think it is. It's that, I don't think it's five. It's enough in mid war though. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they because they're guns rather than tanks. I think they get the um, better. They count as like elite. When right. you look at the morale, so I think they count as three plus or two. It's some, something ridiculous. So, some Aventes and Lancers all the way. <laughs> Unless you like eighty eights and and fourteen. Get the eighty eights as well. <laughs> uh, Scott Atchison asks. The German pack front card is very popular. What is your technique to counter pack 43s in pack front? Well, I like to take a three wood from my, my boot of my car and I like to slam it into the crotch of my opponent. <laughs> oh, don't no, I just... <laughs> yeah, go full pack, man. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't really faced it, have we? I don't think anyone's taken it in our, meta, in our local... Well, There's been a lot of talk about waiting it. waiting to be painted, so yeah. I, I'm quite comfortable, I think, with the US if I had to take the platform on because I think I've got enough templates to deal with yeah. two or three a turn. And at that point, I, I win the game if I'm patient. And I think that's what it comes down to sometimes is patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're, they're tough, though, aren't they? It's, that, it's the fact that they're a whole... Separate. Each one's a separate unit as well, so you don't yeah. have to take morale checks for anything. I think the 
yeah, unfortunately, it's like a bit of a brock paper scissors, isn't it? So I mean, pack front kills crocodile, crocodile kills pack front. Twenty five pounders all the way, maximum twenty five pounders. Yeah, it's artillery, and don't be like me and mess up your dice rolls like twelve turns in a row. <laughs> well, I mean, being a para player, I'm just going to assault the things and just you know, stab them. Oh yeah, yeah. You just yeah. run at them and go. Take go on, infantry, then. basically combined arms. Yep. I got my three plus well, eight yeah. works nicely against those guns. It's, you might as well be a machine gun. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enjoy... Or a rifle stand. Yeah, enjoy that AT-14. Hmm. Well, that, uh, yeah, that is going to be interesting because I think that the uh, the Allies certainly favour a tank army, but yes. the pack, pack front knocks them back and makes them have to think about infantry again. Well, the other thing is just to ignore them and go after the squishy infantry with your artillery. Yeah, that's a valid tactic as well. I mean, yeah. just destroy all the formation units. I think with all things like that, though, as well, it depends if you know you're facing them or not. Yeah. So again, if you're in a five-round tournament, you've got a plan for them turning up at some point. Yeah. But you know, on a Wednesday night, you probably don't have to necessarily always think about it. Yeah. Unless that's all your opponent has got. At which point, yeah, you might want just Soviet Soviet SMG horde. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah, that'd be horrific. <laughs> you know, oh, I've got beach bombs. Okay, did you buy any MGs? No, they're overpriced. Not today, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my 155 men. Yep. I'll see your pack front, and I raise you. I just raise you. you know, raise all yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Just... <laughs> How's this pressure going for you? Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, Vincent JFM asks, the Breakthrough Assault Plays Facebook page is a great idea. Thank Since you. you guys play other games, does any of you play Blood Red Skies? If yes, what do we think about it? Personally, Vincent loves it. It's his second favourite game after Flames of War. See, I got warned it's... off it. Is that the uh, sorry the Warlord games? That's the Warlord game. flying one. Yeah, which yeah. on paper looks like it should be my favourite game in the world. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I, the thing that really put me off was the advantage disadvantage um, bases. So, well, the flying stands pivot, and if you're disadvantaged, they pivot so you're climbing upwards, and if you're advantaged, I think they pivot so you're diving down. Mm-hmm. But okay. I just it just kind of ruins the aesthetic. Yes. It's just like, oh, you got wonky bases. Mm-hmm. Mm, that just sounds like a, a, a snapped uh, flying stand waiting to happen as well. Well, no, well, they're, they're, they're well designed. You, know. well, you say that, so, one of the things they did was they released... Really releasing metal planes and then they found actually the, the flight stands couldn't take it because it kept falling over oh really so they redesigned the flight stands for it yeah oh there you go but um i, I, played good, it. I haven't played it either but my my friends played a, played a big like demo game of it um and at, at their um dice saloon they had like um the daughters of britain who did do all the reenactment for like the atc um girls and that they came oh, along right. with like moving all the things around these like big shots. It was a very cool thing. Oh, that's cool. But they had to really, um, one of the guys put a lot of effort in to try and make the rules work. 
they found there's a lot of there's a lot of issues to the rule set. Uh, it's very warlordy. Yeah, like, it's a shame because war, warlords in the early, early days were quite good, like original bolt action, that kind of thing. But even that was, you know, uh, even the second edition bolt action is. There's still well, some clunk in there. But, but the second edition has like a t- an important table that apparently is not missing, missing from the book and it had to be a day one error. So it's just like, yeah. And the <laughs> entire rules were left in. I don't know. It's a bit of a mess. Anyway, yeah. I love Warlord, but yeah. Just be better. There is another thing. It was a massive resistance to stay off it. At one point, I did have a load of bids on a load of aeroplanes for Blood Red Skies and luckily I lost. So... <laughs> See, I'm not a plane nut like you two, so it was quite easy for me because I looked up and went, I'm not good at spatial awareness. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this game is not for you, Duncan. Now, what have uh, you got to try? Is it cruel, is it cruel, cruel seas? That you, I know you, you well, I did, and then uh, the models are in the garage. They 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 went away to get painted, and they, they came back in a state of disrepair. So, um, oh, that's a shame. I've angrily thrown them in the garage at the moment because I don't know what to do with them. I'm not, I, to the point where I'm not sure they're salvageable. But um, yeah, it's 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 just one of them things, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to see that because we went um, far east as well, so everyone was going um, Atlantic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And me and Luke went. Uh, well, now we'll do PT boats and Japanese Pacific and yeah. Yeah do island hopping-y type stuff. So we might come back to it. Like I said, I don't know if they're repairable or not. I, I kind of got cheesed off and yeah. filed, filed them. No, they were lucky they didn't get yeah. filed in the garden. Yeah. For those who don't know, we've, we've got a new uh, page on Facebook, which is Breakthrough Assault Plays, where we're going to put all of our other hobby projects up. As other hobbies? Snapshots. Yeah. I don't even have time for this hobby. (laughs) This hobby. The hobby. Non-Battlefront stuff, basically. just Pretty much, yeah. Keep the the main page focused and allow us to still do all the crazy stuff we want to do. No, we don't do crazy things, do we, Eddie? Yeah, no, never. Never. When when are you you guys doing your version 240k game? (laughs) Well, there's a whole whole rule set on eBay at the moment for about 30 quid. I'm just letting you know. I've got all mine. Yeah, I don't have the vehicle cards, though, I don't think. Oh, that's a good point. I might have not got kept the cards. Yeah, it's, it's a good lot. It's all pristine. It looks really oh, good. Oh, my mate, my mate Lee will have them, I'm sure. I'll speak to him. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find them. We'll find them um, somewhere. Robert J. Webb asks, are you excited about the new blue number decals they mentioned coming out for the SS in last week's Twitch? No. I'm thinking I need to paint some more tanks just to put them on. Hmm. I, me and me and Battlefront's decals are not friends at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of posts about that. We are not. We're not sending each other Christmas cards. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, had, I've had an issue where they fall apart. You know, yeah. You let them soak. Not for not like a huge amount of time. Let them soak. They take forever. They come off the stuff the sheet, and when they do, they fall apart. It's like, oh. Do you use hot water or cold water? Uh, well, just whatever water I put out the tap. So cold, probably. Well, they have. It's interesting because they had a, a long, well, not a long, but they had quite a discussion on transfers on the um, the Twitch stream recently, on okay. uh, the most recent one. And I, di- I didn't realise that I've been doing it wrong forever. That I cut all my decals up and just 
shove them in water and then leave them for a bit and then fish them out and yeah, then slide right. it off with a wet paintbrush. Uh, apparently, that's not what you're supposed to do. Really? Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently, uh, the dunk is the, uh, the preferred method. What? They were saying that you dunk them, dunk them in to the water. Yeah. Let it soak for a second, pull it out, put it to one side, and let the water do its trick. So you don't oversaturate the, the decal. Oh. I didn't know that. I'd, I'd never even crossed my mind to think, well, I don't need to soak this. That a little bit of water is enough. Uh, yeah, but I didn't know that. That's one to try. Yeah. So I might give that a go, but yeah, I, I, the, the blue, I'm guessing you're talking about the blue numbering as well for the German tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've got no interest in doing SS, so it's like, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I hope, so if there's one chat, I, w I wish they'd have more than one platoon's worth of uh, decals in the boxes or just bury it, because at the moment you can only get, the, the, the second is 211 to 215. And then the yeah. numbers you get in in the kit, which is fine for one platoon. However, yeah, how yeah? How do I do my second platoon, or first platoon, or HQ, or without the big different companies? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's just doable. a pain. I, I wish they'd do them. First world problems. <laughs> yeah, that's the proper first world problem. My decals um, aren't right. <laughs> Joe Wright asks, how do you think the shift to high armor penetration weapons, sorry, high armor slash penetration weapons will affect Team Yankee? It'll have an effect, certainly. Yeah, we kind of said it before. You, yeah. You know, bigger games, better weapons. British Milan's become slightly less um, of the go-to for infantry, I think. I think, you know, if you, if you still, if people go run up with a whole rank of low-end tanks will find that they actually some, somehow do better because if they only spent all the points buying all those tow twos and extra high tank systems, they're no better against you. My no. tanks still die and you still fire in one shot turn. And be spent yeah. now five extra points per thing to do that. So That's the that's the farming effect, isn't it? Mm. We found that in farming quite a lot with the Magak yeah. 6s. That, that's great. You still kill me uh, on a 2+. plus. Yeah, I just Oh, I'd play this game closer. Yeah, exactly. I, I do you think it's going to be more of a speed gun thing, where people are going to have to, you're going to have to be quick and make decisive decisions if you're playing those hordy esque tanks, because well, you need to put the pressure on quickly and maintain it. I see enough war gamers to know that means it's going to be a total failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to spend three hours doing my setup, uh, so it's a two-hour round. Uh, <laughs> Oh god, yeah. No, massive. I, I think lots of points, but just say that you're not going to be horde arming it and playing a bigger board. Just yeah. you know, just it takes a little bit more communication between it all, and then the tournament players will do whatever tournament players do to try and break the game and claim it as a victory. Ta tournaments are something different, anyway, aren't they? You're, you're in yeah, it for exactly. a different thing at that point. Mm -hmm. My Delorean objective marker, which I still need and want. It is a cool one. It is very cool. Uh, Mike Everest asks, Team Yankee is set during the 80s, and since the single greatest medium for explaining the Cold War is professional wrestling, 
Which 1980s professional wrestler best and most accurately summarized your Team Yankee armies? For example, My... the Warsaw Pact may be Ivan Putski, the Polish Hammer. Wow. So, poor. Well, my British is uh, obviously Eddie. Jake the Snake. Really? Yeah. Why? Why? Because it's yeah. a guy who's, you know, looks kind of measly, and his only trick is his little snake in a bag that he has beside him <laughs> in the ring. Snake in a bag. Snake in a bag. So you didn't go you for like go the uh, British ball, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. See more us. Well, no, he was in the eighties. I think Snake was early, wasn't he? No, he wasn't in. He wasn't the eighties. He was part of the tag team with um, Dynamite Kid. They were the British Bulldogs. There was two of them. Um, But yeah, it's a bit cliche, and he's probably not a fair reflection on the British Army. They're a bit. How would you describe them? They're conservative, I guess. Conservative. Keep your arms length. Very on. Very defensive. So what what wrestler has that kind of that kind of? I don't know. I was just trying to think of eighties wrestlers. Rick Flair. <laughs> I, look at, I look at Duncan. Ooh. You can see he's definitely more the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure on the Brits. That's a tricky one. I mean, I I, I, I misread the question because I, I was thinking it was just the two main protagonists. No, it's like what's your team Yankee Army? Would they turn? So the Dutch. <laughs> The the touch as an 80s wrestler. So, underpowered, unionized. uh, (laughs) I'll tell you who they are. They're the big boss man. (laughs) Never quite lived up to his potential. Um, Yeah, couldn't really do it without his mates around. (laughs) Constantly foiled by Hulk Hogan. That's it. I mean, there you go. The US, Team Yankee US are definitely Hulk Hogan, so loud brash, oh, slightly racist. Um, <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. I uh, see Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage. I could see going more for the Israelis. Oh. <laughs> I like the Americans, but better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's a good. Where would you put? What was the guy with the the plank of wood that used to just batter people? And uh, uh, but, 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 uh, to... I know he was very USA, wasn't he? Wasn't Ruddy Piper? No, Rowdy Ruddy Piper. No, uh, no um, Hacksaw. Hacksaw. Give the Hacksaw. That's, That's him. Yeah. Maniac or Dunk Dugan. That's what you need. <laughs> just a two by four. Just yeah, just a plank of wood. That was always my answer to Thierry Henry in the uh, football. Was why doesn't they just pick someone out of the uh, car park at the start of the game and give him a tire iron and go there? You go waffle him. <laughs> Break his legs. Man, yeah, playing, exactly. playing FIFA, you must be. Our <laughs> yeah. defence has been uh, yeah subsidised today by uh, Dave from Car Park Seven. <laughs> I mean, clearly Dave, from the butchers. <laughs> <laughs> the West Germans are going to be Scott Steiner on the basis that they're a very clinical mathematic army and Scott Steiner maths are definitely the way forward on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, you got your um, 33% chance here and you're, uh, that becomes a 150% chance at the end of it. So. And the, the Soviets, you've got to have, um, there, there was that Soviet guy, wasn't there, Nikolai Volkov? 
in the yeah. I remember him. Um, uh, that's this. That's just Soviets. Then you got um, oh, what was the guy that, that was the traitor? He was the slaughter. Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's your hierarchies. Oh, who's who's the Iranian guy? Um, because for the Iranian... oh, the Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. That's it. Yes. Iron Sheik. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Is it time to shoot and scoot, boys? If that's the question. Yeah. Well, we need Dyson, don't we? Dyson or dice time. Dyson or dice time. I'll get the big two of dice. That precarious at the bottom. Who are we today? Yeah. Who shall we be? Um. Okay. German dice. Um. Shield. H with a dagger in it. That um. H with a dagger in it. Yeah, hit the Jürgen. That is weird. Oh, uh, that's Hohenstaufen. That's the 10th SS. So, sixes. Are they, they bad SS or really bad SS? <laughs> Sorry? Are they bad they, SS or really bad SS? <laughs> they were in Normandy, and they got destroyed, and then they were reconstituted, and they were one of the reconstituted SS units in... Um, the Netherlands when uh, Market Garden happened. Oh, of course they are. They're yes, like ninth and tenth. Fronsberg, yeah, Freundsberg yeah. and Hohenstaufen. Right, so they so these guys have been had their asses kicked, so they're going to be trained, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a six anyway, so they are. They're oh, good. there we go. Yeah, they're conscripts. <laughs> well, once again, the, the needless <laughs> argument over the quality of the troops. That's what I say. If you don't know, roll the dice first, and if you get a one or a six, it's largely relevant anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, the Armored Train Record podcast you've been listening to is Shoot and Scoop. The Flames of War podcast and the team of Breakthrough Assault at Code UK has brought to you by support for Battlefield Hobbies, Dice of War, and acting responsibly, legally, and with integrity. Yep. <laughs> Dominic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. One absolute. I am your father, oh. boys. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> oh, oh no! There's an image for you. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't know what's going on anymore. At least we're not in America. Sorry, America. <laughs> yeah, we are really sorry. <laughs> we love you guys, but man. Yeah.